Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back for another Penn State Blue White Illustrated uh, recruiting podcast. On this week's show, Sean Fitz and I will go through everything on the transfer portal. Who's enrolled? Who visited this weekend? What's coming up in the, in the days and weeks ahead? Uh, we'll also get in the class of 2023. Penn State's going to host an important official visitor this weekend. And, of course, junior days are starting. Uh, Don't have the whole list together yet, but we do have some notable names that we'll share and chat about. Uh, Let's get it started. Sean, how about that national championship last night, buddy? It was a heck of a first couple of drives, and then Georgia just pounded them. Like I, you know, I thought TCU could kind of keep it close, like a bet live plus twenty and a half or something like that. But uh, yeah, that thing just imploded, especially the way TCU played against Michigan. Like you, you would think it's crazy, and and you, I don't even think you can have an argument and say that the, the committee messed up because they beat Michigan and they got there. Like, mm-hmm. but anyway, we're gonna second guess that one for a long time, and. You know, I, I I don't know, dude. Like it, it was Georgia is something to deal with right now. Can't wait for that twelve team playoff. And I'm, actually, I am really excited about the twelve team playoff. But uh, we'll have more of those, I think, in the years to come. The one thing I will say, real quick, before we start, is as someone who works in college football recruiting, and Sean, you can probably relate this to some degree. I picked TCU in our bowl pick them, and I was first place. And of course, uh, I actually was going against my brother. He ended up tying me, uh, but. Six minutes into that game, I felt so dumb for someone who works in college football recruiting, works on these sites, works with rankings, all these things. And I picked not the juggernaut that has, what, 18 five stars in the last handful of years. Uh, I picked the team that has like one or two five stars in the last couple of years. So that that was one of those just kind of like surreal. What were you thinking? And even people who work in this industry uh, don't always get it right on on predicting how those outcomes will be. So. I just felt yeah, really you got you got to pick that. with the stars, man. Like uh, right. you know, the talent gap was ridiculous last night in line of scrimmage on the outside, just everywhere. And and TCU is right. a really talented team. Like I mean, we've seen them do some really good things, and Johnson's a great receiver and everything. But man, it's uh, it's crazy. And I know we had talked about this when we were out in LA about how there are cer- certain similarities between uh, Max Duggan and Sean Clifford, and that kind of showed up last night as well. So that's uh, that's crazy when you think about it and uh tcu a very good season but uh just ran into a buzzsaw there man i don't i don't know that anybody would be would have gotten close to covering there even against uh against georgia well penn state finishes in the top 10 this year seventh overall in the ap poll that just came out tuesday morning that's tied for james franklin's best finish as penn state's head coach so there's a a lot to be excited about this all season i think we're going to be talking about uh, Drew Aller in 2023 and 2024, even when the playoff expands, uh, there's there's a lot to be excited about in the months ahead. However, if Penn State wants to reach their their goals in 2023, which of course would be winning the Big Ten, making the playoff, they got to get guys in the portal. 
so far. We've had we've seen a couple uh, enrollees so far. Of course, uh, two special teams guys. In uh, Alex Felkins as a kicker, Riley Thompson as a punter, and then Storm Duck, the greatest name of all time, uh, as a corner. Uh, looking forward to getting to know Storm a little bit more. Sean, I'll just kind of throw it to you, your thoughts on those guys. Uh, there was also a big visit this weekend, big visit weekend. A couple guys who visited, committed elsewhere, of course, in uh, D- David Sears. Uh, we're still waiting on Tyrone Burrow and a couple other guys. But just I'll throw it to you, Sean, on either the guys who enrolled or the guys who are still out there. Just kind of where you want to start the, the portal conversation. Let's talk about the guys that enrolled real quick. Um, we have covered them on the show in the past. We even had Alex Delkins uh, come on to join us for a conversation that it was really delightful. Uh, really great having him on there. Riley Thompson and Alex Falcons, n- not sexy ad- additions by any any stretch of the imagination as specialists, but I think Riley Thompson's going to come in especially and uh, sort of upset the cart with where things are at punter. Um, he's done it before. He's done it really well, did it for Florida Atlantic. As we said, freshman All-American last year, but only has one year left. He's an Aussie. This is kind of how this works with those guys and their eligibility clocks, uh, possibly two years, but that'll be something to deal with down the road. I think he can compete and also win the job against Alex Baquetta. We will see how Baquetta responds in the spring. And then in addition, Falcons is going to come in and compete with Sanders Sahadak as well. And, and I think that, you know, don't overlook these pickups because these are guys that you can see on the field next year. It's going to come down to consistency, as it always does with specialists. And, um, you know, maybe the more experienced guys are the guys that uh, get the job done on a more consistent basis. So we'll see what happens with those two. Duck is very interesting because you need a three-corner rotation. Penn State has worked with three corners. They work with five-corner rotations in the past. Um, so you, But you need three starters. And Penn State has Kalen King. They have Johnny Dixon. They have Storm Duck now. And I think he's going to play, and I think he's going to play a lot. Um, we will see how Cam Miller works in there. We'll see how some of those other guys work in there. But picking up a corner, um, sort of an underrated necessity in this uh, in this offseason. And, and I think they did that. Storm Duck, very, very talented. I know some other corners have gone into the, the portal that maybe had higher rankings or something like that going into it. But Duck, when he's healthy, is a damn good corner. He's a really good player. Um, so hopefully for his sake, you know, he's he missed a lot of time in 2020 and 2021 with injuries, but hopefully for him, his sake, that's behind him. Because if that is behind him, he is a draft pick. He's a guy that can play in the NFL. So very excited about that. All three were announced officially on, uh, on Monday by Penn state, which means they are here. They are enrolled. They started classes yesterday. They're ready to go. Wide receiver, Devin Carter, who committed to Penn state uh, a week ago on Monday after the Rose bowl was not announced. Um, there's some stuff going on there. Check the site for more. There's layers and layers on that one. Um, so that's the position that everybody's been talking about. Um, wide receiver so far has been, it's been pretty much a letdown. You look at, uh, the guys, they've offered a ton of guys. We knew that they've had offered a ton of, or we're going to offer a ton of guys, Dante Thornton, Caden Prather, uh, Dante Cephas, uh, you know, just the, the list goes on Devonte Walker, um, from Kansas state as well. And so far thrash. Fairly, you just keep going down the list, um, <laughs> and it's uh, it, it's not been great uh, from a results standpoint. They had some guys in for visits. Romella Brinson was in last week. Uh, Bro- Tyrone, Tyrone Broden, excuse me, I keep getting tripped up with that name, and I apologize. From Bowling Green was in. So I mean, I think there's there's names out there, but you have to decide where you go, especially with Dante Cephas moving not to the back burner because he's still a top target, but likely going to have to go back to Kent State to finish out his degree. That's something you have to deal with down the road. So do you take two now? Do you take one now? 
where do you see yourself right there? And then with some stuff with Devin Carter, it just gets a little bit murkier. So, yeah, I mean, not a, a ton to be optimistic about on the receiver recruiting front. Um, they like the room set up for 2024 um, with the young guys that they have, but this is about 2023. This is a transfer portal. This is fixing it and making it a quick fix. So um, as we stand right there, um, it's a lot of gray area with the wide receiver position. This week is a dead period. The AFCA convention is in Charlotte, so no visits until the weekend. There was that window from January 4th through January 8th, and that'll open up again this weekend. So they're going to get uh, uh, Eastern Washington wide receiver Freddie Roberson back on campus, or not back on campus, but going to get him on campus for an official visit this weekend. That'll be something to, to look forward to. I think he's going to West Virginia on the 20th as well. That's another guy that's not going to enroll until the, the, the end of the spring semester. So see what happens with that. Um, the window last week, Storm Duck was in. Romello Brinson from Miami was in. Uh, through, over the weekend, Riley Thompson, Devin Carter, Davon Sears, who committed to Oklahoma on Monday, uh, was in. And then Ty- Tyron, Tyrone Broden. Don't know why I keep tripping up on the <laughs> name because um, it, it's gotten me like three times. And actually in the pre-show, it got me as well. So sweet. Um, waiting on a decision from him. I know Oklahoma got a visit as well. Very interesting to see how they balance this because you do technically still have a big receiver in Devin Carter on board. Um, how does that work with Tyrone Broden, who is 6'5", not 6'7", um, as he was previously listed? Um, do you take a couple of guys that have a similar profile in terms of size, in terms of uh, speed and things like that? So there's a lot to there's a lot to, to juggle here. Cephas is still a key component of this whole argument, but at the same time, um, you're not going into the spring semester with anybody uh, in class right now for Penn State, and that's uh, that's something. I can't believe you went that whole time without bringing up NIL, just because you just talked for five minutes about everything. I, th- just the one reason I'm going with that is just NIL is massively important right now, guys, with these transfer portal guys, and whether that's why Penn State is not getting them, I think it's part of it. I do. Uh, you look at, I, I think, David Sears to Oklahoma. There was some NIL stuff there, uh, just, just from what we heard through the grapevine. Some other guys, too. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't want to pretend like that was one big one. But, uh, well, they need a defensive lineman, so it was a big one from that perspective. But it's having a big, big role, I think, on Penn State missing on some of these guys. Sean, did you you would agree with that, I assume? It, I, I would, but it's also va- evaluation value. Like, is this guy worth what you know, Oklahoma's paying your Oklahoma's putting out there. I mean, it's, it's very difficult to walk that line, not only because these numbers aren't public, but also because like this guy is going to be worth something different to Oklahoma. This is good. Then it's going to be worth them Penn, to Penn state. Uh, this guy's going to be worth something different to Ohio state going to be worth something different to Michigan. You know, just there's no set market or anything like that. This is not a situation where you've got, uh, arbitration or something where you've got a, a certain amount of m- money lined up for positions and performance level and all that kind of stuff. Right. So the, there's no set value, which makes it very difficult. And then on top of that, like you have to realize, so Davon Sears committed to Oklahoma on Monday, uh, was part-time starter at Texas state, a very athletic kid. I, I, I can see why schools like it, but this is like a situation where we talked about guys who made it through the first signing period in high school. And then all of a sudden their value goes up because they haven't signed anywhere. And the the supply is low. The demand is high. And that's how that works in that area. So to me, you don't just take guys to take guys and you don't just take guys to be depth guys. Um, unless you think that they can be eventual 
bigger starters down the road, like a Johnny Dixon, like a Chop Robinson, something like that. Right. Uh, not that Chop Robinson was a depth guy, but you, I think you get get what I'm going at here. So the um, evaluation of value is something that's at play here as well, because you know you don't. I, I, this is not a salary cap sport or anything like that, but you don't want to overcommit and overspend for a guy that you know is going to be a number two receiver, number three receiver, something like that. You got to take care of your guys first, and that and and I think that's what Penn State does, and I think that's what they've done well this offseason, as you've seen by the lack of attrition, as you've seen by guys coming back, with the exception of Parker Washington and Brenton Strange. So um, that that to me is something that you can sort of hang your hat on. But you know, I, I get why people are impatient right now because you want the quick fixes, you want the guys that come in right away, make your team better. Everybody wants that, but I, I just don't know that it's that simple. Yeah, and you, you you explained it perfectly there, and and that's probably where I should have went with that. But uh, Penn State's done a great job with that from the start, and they're going to keep keep doing that. Uh, they're not going to overpay guys, but it just I think it's very important to note that a lot of schools are just going to throw money to throw money, and that's that is happening right now, and you're seeing that. But but you saw that in the fall, and you saw that at Miami, who had a terrible season. You saw that at Texas A and M, who had a terrible season. So I think schools are going to that's going to correct itself very quickly. So we're going to see where that stands. And like I said, some of these numbers that are being thrown around are some of them are accurate. Some of them are not, but to the person who is being recruited to the player that's being recruited, you hear the highest number. And that's what you think, you know, that's where you set that value for yourself and, and, and things like that. So that's where it gets murky. And some guys are just like, no, like that, or some schools are just like, no, that's, that's not how this works. Um, so we'll see what happens to that. And also I think a, an interesting component is that every fan base thinks that the other pro or the other program that's involved has better NIL than theirs. And that's really kind of funny when you think about it, because, you know, we were talking about uh, West Virginia and West Virginia thinks they're really behind on NIL as well. So that, I mean, there's so much at play here from um, not a smoke and mirrors standpoint, but the w without hard numbers and things like that, it's, it's really hard to say that this school is so much farther ahead. And we've heard things, you know, we heard about Rodney Gallagher and things like that. Well, that might be the exception rather than the rule at West Virginia. And West Virginia may, you know, had a bunch of guys transfer out because, you know, deals hadn't been worked on for them. So, I mean, there's, there, there's a lot to, uh, a lot to take in when you take into account how much gray area is actually out there when it comes to NIL. Well, as Sean said, they have another visitor coming up in Freddie Roberson. We'll see where that goes this upcoming weekend. Uh, before we transition to 2023 Junior Day, I have to take a chance. T. Franks, for you, buddy, please subscribe. Please hit the like button on YouTube. Uh, T. Franks, we're doing a great job. I think we're – are we getting close to 10, T. Frank? I think we are. Uh, so we appreciate you guys uh, subscribing and, and, you know, staying in touch and – uh, doing everything you can to help us grow the channel. So, oh, 300 shit away. He just texted me. Thank you. So we're, we're getting close there. Help us get to 10,000. Of course, subscribe to Bluewood Illustrated. $29.99. We told you guys it wasn't going to go up. We tried to tell you that. Uh, but still, $30 for the, for the, rest, uh, for the rest of the offseason. Uh, the, the information Sean has on Devin Carter and some other guys is, is worth that alone. So we really appreciate uh, everyone who signed up so far and help us keep growing the channel and our site. So thank you guys for that. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right. 2023. Sean, you just talked for an hour, so I guess I'll talk about Jimmy Onu. Onu for a little bit. I said Onu or Ono or something like that on the last podcast, but it's Jimmy Onu or Ono. It's Ono. It's exactly. Really simple. Yeah. Really simple. Okay. He will be on campus this weekend. I, I've I've felt for a little while now that this is a player Penn State should land. How NIL impacts him is still up in the air. Uh, he's going to go to Ole Miss and Michigan State, I believe, are the other two schools really in the mix here. Rutgers already hosted him. We'll see uh, if that hurts Rutgers or not. I think it kind of will, uh, especially depending on we'll, – well, well, obviously Penn State's kind of the, the big school in the region. I think that has, has his interest. Uh, but again – Michigan State, Ole Miss, those are two schools who are very aggressive at NIL right now. So I just want to see how that impacts him moving forward. We know he'll be here this weekend, as I said. Fisher visit. I believe it starts Friday, goes till Sunday. I have to double check on him to make sure there's no uh, scheduling conflicts that you know will maybe get him here Saturday. But uh, he'll, he'll definitely be here over the weekend, along with a bunch of Junior Day guys as well, uh, which we'll hit on here in a minute. But Sean, just uh, he's a four-star now by on three, originally committed to Old Dominion. Certainly one of those guys. Guys, uh, buy, ho, buy low, sell high, all those, all the uh, marketing stuff you brought up earlier. Um, Penn State certainly wants him, though. And right now, he feels like the only true 2023 guy that they're really pushing their chips in on. Yeah, I think we're going to start calling these guys all things equal prospects because, like, all things equal, he should go to Penn State. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. location, relationships, all that kind of stuff. Um, Penn State being the biggest uh, school closest to his home, I think, has a has an impact on him, but as you mentioned, NIL can can blow things up in a hurry. Um, that said, he's a highly uh, sought after prospect. Penn State has been on him, you know, even before they offered him, they started to forge that relationship, and I think that that's going to pay off. And I think him getting up here, seeing things, um, and I said it on the podcast last week. Like, if you're Penn State, the ideal scenario here, and this is not rocket science or anything, but nail it down before he gets to any other schools. Like, get him on campus convince him this this is the place and convince him to cancel those other visits. And then, you know, we've seen that happen before. Now, new era in recruiting. We'll see what happens with those other ones. And also, this is a guy that's been done very little in in terms of the recruiting scene, camps, uh, visits, all that kind of stuff. So very raw in that sense. So we're going to see what happens with Chimney Ono. But, uh, you know, all things equal, this should be one that Penn State can win. Um, We'll see if if that plays out like that. Um, in terms of the other 2023 guys, uh, Penn State offered Derek English, a uh, receiver from Arizona, over the break. Um, still talking to Marquise Montgomery. I don't know that those go anywhere fast or any, anywhere soon. Um, but uh, just noting that they're still looking at every level to, uh, to, to replenish that wide receiver room, which, uh, of course, loses Parker Washington, loses uh, Mitchell Tinsley as well. So, um not that notable, but uh, that's where we're headed. And everything seems to be pointing to a chimney this weekend uh, in terms of the guy to focus on for Penn State. Yeah, I mean, I get the vibe, the the two receivers, Montgomery and English, the, the portal is going to probably have a big impact on on what they do with those guys moving forward. I mean, we'll see. I mean, obviously, Cephas is going to probably take a little bit of time. We'll see what happens with Devin Carter and Broden and some things. But I get the impression those offers were mainly let's see what happens with the portal and then we'll we'll try and get those guys on campus. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, let's switch over to junior day. I guess maybe 
well, right now we don't have a full list. Uh, I was looking back on previous Junior Day lists. Uh, they hosted about 130 guys last year over three days. Uh, it'll be similar this year, the 14th, the 21st, the 28th. Uh, I expect all three, all three Saturdays to host, I don't know, at least two dozen guys or so. It looks like this weekend and the 28th will be the biggest two. The 21st, still trying to learn a little bit more on that one. But uh, and, right and they always now, bring I gotta, up walk-ons for one of those days as well. So you know, potential run-ons. So yeah, yeah. might be that might be the twenty-first. We'll we'll learn on it. But so right now, fourteenth, uh, I got about a dozen or so guys. Don't know if we want to get into all of them right now. We do want to get into Jalen Harvey. And one thing we're going to kind of do here in the weeks ahead, especially in the off season, is kind of um, put a spotlight uh, on a certain player. And with Jalen Harvey coming up this weekend. I think he makes a lot of sense for this week's prospect spotlight. Sean, you and I both have picks on him already. I think anyone who has paid attention to the podcast, uh, especially what, over the last couple of months, really should be familiar with Harvey by now. We have him at 6'2", 225, uh, solid edge rusher from Quincy Orchard. Uh, is it Quince Orchard? Quince Orchard, I Quince. believe it is. Uh, yeah, in, in Potomac, Maryland. Uh, four-star prospect. Uh, on three, has him at number 265 nationally. The consensus is actually pretty much exactly the same with uh, him at two, number 269. Uh, I don't know if he's Penn State's absolute number one defensive end target in this class. I would still lean towards a couple other guys, uh, maybe like Dylan Stewart or a couple others. But he is certainly very high on their board and someone I expect them to land at some point. Sean, that's probably not going to happen this weekend. I think you would agree with that. Uh, you know, I would agree with that. Um, he's saying that he wants to play it out, go on visits and everything like that, and then eventually uh, decide late in the process. I don't know that it's going to play like that either. Um, you know, this is a guy that we talked to um, in the fall, and we felt maybe if the feeling was was strong enough that he could hop on board, but uh, that doesn't – I mean, that's never been his plan was to hop on board early and or commit anywhere early. Uh, from a staff standpoint, they love this kid. I mean, you, you've got size limitations there at 6'2", um, 225-ish, solid length. Um, but his get-off is, you know, top-of-the-class type level stuff. Um, a lot of comparisons to Chop Robinson because Chop came from Quince Orchard. Um, obviously, you know, a little bit more physically gifted with uh, a 6'3 plus. Um, but uh, there's, there's a lot to... There's a lot to put beside one another and think that this is this is a similar prospect. The production is there. Um, you know, he can get after the quarterback. He's he's not a linebacker. I know people see 6225 and think, can this guy play linebacker? Now he's 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 a guy that can just get after the quarterback on the edge. And Penn State has had more luck in the last couple of cycles. I know they've been looking for those six five guys that come off the edge. Everybody's looking for those guys that have that ridiculous pop and length off the edge. And uh, you know, it, it doesn't always happen, but they've had some success. With Jesse Lucchetto, with Arnold Ebikidi, with uh, with Chop Robinson himself, with those guys that are six two, six three, you know, somewhere in there, you don't have to be the longest guy. And I think that that's gotten across to them. And you see the athleticism, you see the production, you see a lot of things that you like with Jalen Harvey. And that's one one guy that we've been focused on for a long time as a maybe not the top of the board guy because of the size, because of the, the limitations there, but very close. And I think Penn State absolutely would be thrilled to land uh, Jalen Harvey anytime that they could. Mm -hmm. I haven't found any stats on Harvey. I don't, I don't believe they, they tracked him yet uh, this year for Quince Orchard, but they did go to the state championship and won the state championship this year. I want to make sure that that is noted. Uh, they beat flowers 32 to seven 
down there in, I think that's in Annapolis is where they play that state championship game. So good year for him. Good year for Quince Orchard. One other thing I'll note with Jalen is that he did tell Chad Simmons this past weekend, March 11th, his birthday is when he's aiming to announce a top five. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a commitment March, April. I, I think that makes sense. I don't think Penn State wants this to get two official visits. Would you would you agree with that? I, I, I think would they absolutely wanna, agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, obviously they don't want them to, but like they're in a good enough spot now where they should. I think they can get this done by the blue white game. Uh, that makes sense to me. Let's see where else he visits. But I mean, just look at the visits, man. It's like five to one. Uh, Penn State to every other school. Uh, let's see how this weekend shapes up. But uh, this is a player they absolutely should land. And you know, he's talking about doing a top five March. But I, I would fully expect him to probably visit Penn State another two times in March and April. And then that, that makes a lot of sense for the staff to, you know, put, put the pedal to the metal and, and ramp up the pressure on Jalen Harvey. So we'll see how that shakes out. A uh, few other guys for this weekend. Sean, is anybody you really want to hit on? I mean, Keelan Adams I've talked about publicly now. Really important wide receiver. I feel like he's one of their top three or four wide receivers in this class. Um, who else have we got on the board there? Yeah, I mean, uh, Keelan oh, Adams, very good. Um, you got that trio from uh, St. Joe's Prep coming up, which obviously, uh, you know, a very talented uh, talented team right there. Samaj Jones is very intriguing. Uh, his size, you know, he goes goes right along with that class of 2024 quarterback size thing that we talked about a couple of weeks ago where I'm not sure that he's six foot, but uh, really good player. Um, we'll see what happens with them. Makai White, very intriguing. Um, I, I'm curious what your thoughts are on Makai White because um, is linebacker. he a what's that? Yeah, linebacker. I, mean, <laughs> I agree. I don't think yeah. he. Th- I don't think he feels the same way. But we see, you know, we saw it, uh, you know, last year with Kevion Keys, and we've seen it in the past with our guys. But guys that come onto the the uh, the scene early as wide receivers, but college coaches see them as linebackers, and they don't always hit, obviously. But at the same time, there's a lot to like about the athleticism of a wide receiver playing outside linebacker. And Makai White, I think, is one of those guys in this cycle. Yep. Uh, Blake Frazier, too. I uh, want to make sure that that, that, that visit's noted. He's already put that out on Twitter, so I feel comfortable talking about him. He is a Michigan legacy prospect. I think a lot of people expect him to go there. He's got a lot of Southern schools after him as well. Uh, but Penn State's going to get him on campus for the first time. I mean, Blake Frazier is expected to be – I believe one of the top 15 or so uh, offensive tackles in the country right now on three has him at number 14 and the consensus has him at number 11. Uh, Of course, he's out of Austin, Texas. He's going to have all the Southern schools after him as well. And he's already visited a ton of those schools already. Uh, But most expect Michigan because of his father's ties uh, to be the school there. So we'll see. I mean, I look at this kind of close, similar to Nigel Smith, another Texas prospect who Penn State wasn't in early with uh but then they did get Nigel on campus for I believe it was the Ohio State game and since then they've really uh, surged there not saying they're going to get Nigel but they he's going to get back on campus so can Penn State do that this weekend with Blake Frazier I think that's something they're they're certainly aiming to do there uh one other guy too I really I really kind of am curious about is Brandon Raymond you, you brought up the St. Joseph prep guys Where's Brandon Raymond on Penn State's board? That's something I think we we still need to get a better feel for. Uh, have, he's another guy I haven't been able to really track down stats for. His film looks good. Uh, you know, he had a good camp up here as well. But is he a guy that's quite uh, on that level for Penn State yet? Not not exactly sure. So we'll keep an eye on those guys. And this list is going to grow too. I, I would expect 
30 plus, I would think maybe 30 to 35. Penn State used to have junior days where they were a lot bigger. And I think the staff kind of learned that it's better to host multiple junior days, spread it out, keep that number in the 30s, maybe 40. Um, but I think once you get over to 50 or so, 50, 60 is, is what they've kind of learned is, is too many for these events. So we'll see how that shakes out. Sean, anything else you got to talk about this week, man? No, I've uh, just was looking at some uh, edge guys because that's obviously a prospect or a position that we look at very closely um, following Penn State. Jacob Smith is an interesting one, and this is not a junior day thing, but uh, I think you mentioned Stewart. I think Jacob Smith might Smith. be Penn State's top guy there. Um, you know, he's the the twins from Connecticut, they're originally from Kentucky, Jacob and Jared Smith, um, but they board up in Connecticut. Penn State wants to, or Penn State went to see them in the offseason, and it'll be interesting to see if they get on campus this month. Uh, just, just from looking at, at edge rushers, as we talked about Jalen Harvey, um, we talked about some of those other guys that we have picks in for, but uh, the Smiths probably going a little bit under the radar as a top-of-the-board type guy. Dominic Nichols has been quiet too lately. I, I reached out to him the other day to see if he's going to come visit Penn State. And he probably said not in January. So I think he's playing basketball. Uh, I think that was his main right. reason why. But just something to keep an eye on. But, um, well, we will get back to Junior Day Talk on Friday. I'll join T. Frank on the Friday podcast. We'll have a little bit of a deeper list then. Um, you know, one thing actually I do want to mention real quick before we sign off. Duke Watson is coming up January 21st. Remember the the, the running back from Georgia. Let's keep an eye on that guy. Uh, I'm not saying I'm putting a pick in on him or anything yet. Still want to learn a little bit more about Duke Watson and where he's at on Penn State's board. Uh, but the, he, this is certainly a player who has a lot of interest in Penn State. Now, if he did commit soon, how how uh, firm will that commitment be once more Southern schools uh, take notice of his film? I, I think that would be something to watch down the road. But he is coming here in uh, whatever it is, 10, 11, 12 days from now. So something to keep an eye on. But yeah, all right, Sean. That's, a, that's I an think... interesting. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, you're trying to sign Go out. Ahead. I'm trying to talk about logistics here. But running talk back, um, when you are evaluating these guys this early, you know, and, and you still, you know, you got junior film and everything by now. So you, you've got a pretty good idea. But like, do you talk yourself into taking a guy this early? And for a guy like Watson, like if you don't take him this early, it's probably not going to circle back around. So Jay Sider has got some decisions to make, probably taking two because that's kind of where things have moved in the portal era. Um, but I think it's a very interesting dynamic where you can think about, is this going to be the guy that you, is this going to be the guy at your level, Penn state recruiting um, running backs at an extremely high level right now. Is this going to be the guy that's at your level and, or do you play that game and wonder if something else comes along that you like better? Uh, I think it's a fascinating dynamic. I think it's probably something um, we don't spend enough time looking at and thinking about. Um, but I, I think at a position like that, that has become, you know, one of Penn State's premier positions, you've got to make choices. And I think that's going to be more interesting than, you know, will Duke Watson commit February 20 or excuse me, January 21st or something like that. I think that that's a, a layer that people don't really pay attention to because you see four star running back wants to come. Okay, great. Um, but, you know, where does he fit on your, your your board and how does that affect the rest of the cycle? It's the whole reason I haven't put a pick in. The kid, I mean, Duke Watts has made yep. it very clear to pretty much anyone who talks to him that he wants to come to Penn State. But that that bar at Penn State is, is incredibly high, as you just said. So, 
All right, guys. Well, as I said, I'll be on the Friday show with T. Frank. We'll go over the junior day list a little bit more. As I said earlier, thank you guys for liking, uh, liking the podcast, subscribe, and of course, $29.99 to subscribe to Blue White Illustrated from now until the West Virginia game. So I'll sign out. Appreciate you guys watching. For Sean Fitz, I'm Ryan Snyder. We'll talk to you soon. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.